Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, I was just thinking as uh, Emma was sharing there, um, the psalmist writes, you know, that he takes the lonely and the solitary and he sets them in families. And the church is the family that he sets them into. So our message today is really about getting involved, getting involved locally. Uh, if you watched, uh, if you were here last week and you watched uh, 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 Pastor Clive sharing the message, it was about being involved locally, but being involved globally. So from local to global. And we are, as, as uh, Pastor Jonathan said at the beginning, we are part of the team that oversees the overseas workers. So we probably have, yes, we have the Kingdom's uh, Faith Overseas Missions up there. And uh, everything I read in the New Testament, if you read any of the epistles of Paul and, uh, and Peter and, and John, or all the disciples, all the apostles, whenever they write to the church, they talk about partaking. They talk about being part of they talk about being co-workers together with Christ. And that's, that's the role we're called to be. Our, our kind of a uh, standard scripture reference, I mean, I know Pastor, Pastor Clive uh, mentioned it last week, is from Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and it talks about us being witnesses. You probably all know the, the scripture so well. I, he says, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses and then it talks about Jerusalem. Well, we don't live in Jerusalem, so let's say Worthing. Okay? Then it talks about Judea. Well, we don't live in, in Israel, so we can't worry about Judea so much when we're living here. But Judea is your region. And your region is as big as you want it to be. It could be Worthing College. It could be Worthing and Sussex. Are we east or north, west Sussex here? We're west Sussex here still. Um, uh, it could be the south, southern part of, of Britain. It depends on what God puts in your heart. But there's a scripture in, in Isaiah chapter 54, which talks about enlarge the place of your tent. Those of you who have been at faith camp, you probably know what it means, you know, enlarge your tent. When you had one, when it was husband and wife, you needed a small tent. Then you had two kids, like this lovely couple here, then you need a bigger tent. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, God is actually talking in that scripture about enlarging the place of your influence. And God has placed you here in this place. I mean, I think it's amazing. Fifth anniversary just a couple of weeks ago, five years. We haven't been to this church before, but we were here as part of the group that used to come regularly and pray in the sports center somewhere else in Worthing for the birth of this church. And it's amazing to see, be here today and see this place full uh, with people who are just on fire for God. So getting involved locally is so important. And, and Emma, you know, that's fantastic what Emma's doing, but... You need, she needs help. You will be so blessed when you get involved. I tell you, the grace of God is always sufficient for us, and he, his strength is made perfect when we're weak. Very often, I can remember the first time we went out in the streets. It was when we were in Bible college. You felt, oh, my goodness, this is going to be so hard. But God just pours out his grace. He pours out his grace. So you'll have a great time. As Emma said, you'll have a great time. But get involved. But we want to talk more about the missions and, and our team. My wife, Connie, she always tells me off because I forget her. So can you give her a big clap? Hey? <laughs> and then we have Mark and Linda, and you've already been introduced to them. But Mark and Linda have been so involved and so so much of a blessing, not only to, to the overseas workers, but to the church, because they have been holding prayers for the missions for years. I think you said, how many years? But, oh, wow, you must have started when you were 12. Yeah, OK. 
Okay, 16 years, 16 years she's been praying. Hallelujah for the missions and the overseas workers. Hallelujah. Then we have Dave Hellier. Dave Hellier was introduced earlier as the one who has about 100 hats. You know, if there's anything you don't want to do, pass it on to Dave, and he never says no. He never says no. <laughs> but his wife is saying, start to say no. Shelley, his wife, is saying, start to say no. And it's true, but he, he's a wonderful worker with the youth, looking overseas, all the youth work these days, and plus he's one on our, our team uh, on the overseas missions too. So I don't know how he puts it all together, but he does. And God is, God is just giving him energy beyond. And then there's us. Uh, we, we, we're kind of uh, supposedly the directors of the, the group, so we kind of help with making decisions as to who we should support and how we should support and so on. So let's have the first slate, Beth. Now, this, this will probably surprise you, because Kingdom Faith Church, which is Horsham, Worthing, Crawley, it's the, the three together, three, three locations. Burgess Hill is about to start, but up to now... The three of us as churches, these are the nations that we have missions work going on. Now, I mean, would you imagine that? Look at, look at the names, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Albania, Cyprus. I've got to read this because last but the first one we did in Horsham, the slates didn't work, and I had to try and memorize all this. And I, had, I didn't even have my, f- oh, I forgot to mention you, Jamal. How can we, anyone forget Jamal? He's here. Jamal is here. You know Jamal. I didn't even have Jamal over the last two meetings. That's why I probably thought he wasn't here. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, okay, let's go down the list. So we have Cyprus, we have Israel, Jordan, Uganda, Kenya, South Africa, going over the other side, Turkey, Kurdistan, Syria, Pakistan, Bhutan, Philippines, Oman, Iraq, Zambia. And then we, we saw Eric earlier, major capital cities in EU. So... My goodness, isn't that a lot of work that's going on? And you know how that is, at the, the moment, the finance that's generated that, for that is through a tithe of the tithes of the church. But I really believe God is stirring up in our hearts that we need to think bigger. I mean, it's fantastic that we're doing work in so many nations, but there's more that God wants us to do. And there's more that we can reach out. Because we're living in times where truly it's, it's Matthew 24, verse 14 talks about it. So it talks about the end time problems that are going to happen and he says the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness what did we say about acts chapter 1 verse 8 we're going to be anointed by the holy spirit to be his witnesses as a witness to the nations and then the end will come and jesus will be be returning so these are the nations let's have a few of the pictures up as well next slate these are the guys now you'll probably notice if you count up we do more nations than we are people because these are the, the wonderful missionary workers overseas. Some of them are based in Britain. Some of them are based in Horsham. And they go out from Horsham to various nations. Some of them are living out there, living the life of missions, and come back occasionally. But they're our family abroad. And that's something we need to remember. So we want churches to be more aware, firstly, of who our missionaries are. When they come back, you recognize them and you say hi to them. You make them feel welcome because they're our family. I have a sister who lives in Italy, and I don't see her very often. But when she comes to, to visit me in England, I don't think, who's this person coming in? You know, I don't recognize her. She's my sister. These are our brothers and sisters. We need to recognize them. If they come into the church, you should say, oh, I remember. They're the ones on the board. They're the ones that we were talking about a few weeks ago. And give them a big hug and a welcome and say, yeah, you're doing a great job. 
because they are. They're doing a great job in some of the most dangerous countries in the world. I'm going to pass on to Connie because she's going to talk now about being family, and we'll, we'll come back again in a minute. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. And congratulations on five years. <laughs> Actually, was, when we were praying this morning for you all, um, I felt the Lord say, five is my number of grace, and I'm going to pour out an even bigger measure of grace upon this church. <laughs> Do you receive that? Hallelujah. Yes, I just want to, can we put those faces up again? I want you to get used to the faces because I, I tell you a story and it's a true story of a few years ago when one of our couples who are out in the field came back and uh, she was just one, one half of the, of the couple came back and um, I went up afterwards to say hello and asked how they were doing and all the rest of it and um, we ended up having a conversation which led me to realize just how lonely it can be when you come home because this person was not recognized by anybody. Nobody said hello or, or, or gave a, a special welcome. And, um, and, and they were beginning to think, do we actually belong to this family? Because, you know, um, there was no recognition. Now, whose fault is that? Well, it's all of our faults if we don't take care of our family. And um, so we decided there and then that we must do something about that. And we want you to get used to these people because when they come home now, we were going to bring them to see you and, um, and tell you a little bit, give you a chance to talk to them so that they can f you can find out what they're really doing and what they face in being out in the field. And um, in the old days, we used to call them missionaries, but we're not going to do that anymore because that would be like a separation between those out there and, and us here. But we're all missionaries, aren't we? We're all living a missional life, so therefore, we're not going to use that term anymore. We're going to call them the overseas workers. You like that? Yeah? Overseas workers. And there they all are. And um, there are some others waiting in the wings who uh, would like to be considered too. Who, who, who all, what they have in common, all this bunch, is that they all, at some point or another, were full-time members of Kingdom Faith or they were Bible school members and they have kept their connection with Kingdom Faith as their family. So as far as we're concerned, that, it, that makes them family. They love to be part of this family. They want to be part of this family. And unless, you know, uh, you have got some, you know, idea that you should banish most of them, I think that we would all want to embrace them, wouldn't we? So I believe that this is a time now where we are, we're coming into a situation where the church has uh, uh, got a new view on missions. And instead of looking inward so much as we have done in the past, and there's nothing wrong with that, we are always training our people in the church. We are always training them for local missions as well. But God is doing something to turn our eyes outward a little more. We're turning our eyes to the bigger picture, because of the time in which we live, because it's a very, very um, destructive time in many ways, but at the same time, God is doing amazing, amazing things, and he's at work in all these nations, and it's really, really exciting, and it's, it's also inspiring for all of us to know what, uh, what God is doing, so that we can all feel that if, if God is speaking to us, that we can be part of it. And we can be part of this in many, many ways. 
you don't all have to get off, off your chairs and, and, and say goodbye Worthing and, and go out you know, to some country you've had some idea about. Um, because God, <laughs> God will release those he wants to go. And these people are all people who have for a long time had something stirring in their heart. When, and they came to see their leaders. They came and asked for prayer. And uh, over time... They were, they were talked to and trained, and they did a lot of research on the place they were going to go to, and they were finally allowed through the church to go with support. Absolutely no point going anywhere without any support, is there? I remember a lovely story of, of um, uh, uh, an older man who died re- uh, not so long ago, uh, Lester Sumrall. He was one of my teachers. Shows how old I am. But um, he said that uh, there was a young man in his church who said, I've been called to Africa. I know I've been called to Africa. I've got to go to Africa. So he said, how much does the fare cost to Africa? He said, I don't know. So he said, well, that's the first thing you should find out, you know, is how much does the ticket cost? Anyway, he said, well, you know, I suggest that we get together and we pray about this and we, uh, we spend time studying into what, whereabouts in Africa. Do you have any clue which country? He went, no. Anyway, he was so determined to go that he bought himself a ticket and off he went. So he came to the church and he said, will you bless me because I'm going out to Africa? (laughs) So Lester Summer prayed a very clever prayer. I can't remember the words, but anyway, within six weeks he was back. And he decided that actually perhaps it wasn't his call after all. And that's how stupid people can be if they, you know, if they don't really do things the proper way. But there is a proper way to do things. And, uh, and uh, you know, with, with Kingdom Faith, I mean, look, we've got a, a beautiful overseas mission map. Just turn around and look at it. it. It's inspiring just to look at it, isn't it? All those countries, all those places. But it's, there's, there's a part in it for all of us through prayer, through giving, through communicating perhaps with, with someone out in the field, through uh, uh, welcoming, them, welcoming them when they come back. I mean, Mark and Linda, their home is like a mission house. They have, the, they have the people who are coming back from the field all the time, living in the house and feeding them and lending them the car and really making them feel as if they're part of the family. But we need more people to do that too because there's more of them than we can cope with. So we, we, there's many ways in which we can all be involved and God is saying, you know, okay, I'm, I'm really involved in the, in the local work. Good. But what about the overseas work too? Couldn't you be involved in that as well? What about prayer? Um, Pastor mentioned what about prayer earlier, and there was an absolute silence. And actually, you know, a, a few weeks ago when we first brought this message into, into Horsham, I asked how many people <clears throat> would be prepared to either... Pray for an individual overseas worker on a regular basis or come to corporate prayer for overseas workers corporately. And I asked people to put their hands up. And in the whole of that congregation, there were only about six hands that went up. It horrified me. But I'm glad to say that somebody, a young lady called Karen Pooley, got hold of it. And last week, we had our impact prayer meeting and we all gathered together and we prayed for every one of those missionaries. I shouldn't call them missionaries, should I? I will not call them missionaries. They are overseas workers. <laughs> so 
you know, it's something that God wants to stir in you today. This is why we're here. We've come because God wants to stir something in you. He wants to stir something in you for your neighbors. He wants to stir, stir something in you for your, for your street. He wants to stir something in you for your town, for your country, for uh, countries overseas. He will give you all sorts of ideas. But be open and ask him to talk to you about how he would like you to be involved in the missions work of the world because that's what we're involved in right now. And I, just before I hand back to Alistair, I'd just like to uh, draw your attention to a particular um, psalm which, that I believe God spoke to me through, which was Psalm 96. I'm not going to read all of it, but just listen to this. This is from the New Living Translation, which I so, hope you'll forgive me for. But, <laughs> um, but I'm childlike, and I like, I like the language. It says, Sing a new song to the Lord, and let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Now, how's the whole earth going to sing to the Lord if they've never heard of him? You know, if they don't know who he is, how can the whole earth sing to the Lord? And how long are we going to keep God waiting until the whole earth knows? We have to pray. We have to pray because God will speak to people so that they are the ones that are supposed to go. And they are the ones that will pay the price out in the field. And later on, it says, um, each day, proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Now, we're, we're so blessed in this country. We've got nations from everywhere here, haven't we? And you could say, well, why do we need to go anywhere else? Well, we, you might not need to, but some do. This has always been a nation-sending country. And God has been speaking massively through all sorts of prophetic words recently about opening that up again. That from this nation, people will go all over the earth again. And we will see the nations coming into the fullness of Jesus. Isn't that wonderful to think of that? It really is, isn't it? It says, O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts. That's what the Lord is wanting to do among the nations of the world. And it's so obvious, isn't it, when we read it? But we have to make it our message. We have to get it into our hearts. We have to understand the compassion that Jesus had for all the nations of the world because he wants to inspire us with the same passion. He wants each of us to have that passion. And that requires us to give a little bit of time to this, to pray and to ask him. And, um, and, and later on it says, tell the nations the Lord reigns. Tell them he reigns. He reigns in every life. Every life can be turned around. Every life can be transformed and changed. I've seen it on the mission fields. We've been in 60 missions in 60 different countries, Alistair and I, over the years. But we're particularly now involved in, in Uganda and, and Pakistan. But I've seen what God has done. It's absolutely incredible. And I know that you have too because you've been out there as well. And so has Jamal and maybe others here too. God wants to give you opportunities to see things. There was a scripture that Pastor Clive brought the other day. Can you remember it? Where he, he talked about Jesus said that was, it was about seeing that changed people's hearts. I can't remember where it, where it is. It was in the... Sorry? Yeah, when he saw the needs, he had compassion. That's right. So God is saying when you see the needs, you will have compassion. So we want to hand over to those that see the needs and... 
I'm going to pass back to Alistair to do that now. Hallelujah. Just <coughs> looking at the pictures again, all of those people, I knew them all before they were missions, and all of them were like you and I, sitting in congregations. Some of them were like the Bible school students who are here. They'd come to Bible school for a year, and in the midst of that time, God started to stir their hearts. God started to plant nations in their hearts. God started to show them people groups. They didn't even necessarily recognize the country, but they would have dreams. They would be praying in their prayer room, and God would open their eyes to something. And that's what it starts with. It just starts with a willingness, like an Isaiah call saying, here I am, Lord. I'm willing to go or stay. You might not have to go anywhere. If you come on the crosswalk, all of the nations will come to you. I assure you. Paul was with us, weren't you? On the, on, Tom, sorry. Tom was with us on the last. Paul was the other one. Tom, Tom was with us on the last crosswalk. And he had a, an amazing time. He was giving out tracts, talking to people like... And he, it was his first time. But all the nations come to you when you're in London. It's incredible. You, you, you can speak in tongues, hopefully, and all of them will understand you. <laughs> Just like they did for Gary last week. Uh, or, or most of them, we have, we have foreign tracts which we give out as well. So really, get involved. Get involved in going into London. It's a good day out. Usually the sun shines even in, in the cold weather. Something about Florida seems to come with Eric wherever he goes. It's not quite as warm as Florida, I can tell you. But the sun does tend to shine, so do come along. But I'm going to pray, and I believe God is going to stir up our hearts in this time while we're gathered together. And, and, and start to open your eyes and show you things that you hadn't expected to happen Sunday the 11th of November uh, here in Worthing. So just shut your eyes for a minute. Father, I just want to pray over this congregation here. Beautiful people, Lord. People you have chosen, Lord. They did not choose you, but you have chosen them, Lord. And you've anointed them, you've appointed them to go out and bear fruit. Fruit that shall remain for your kingdom's purposes. And Father, as your word goes on to say, whatever they ask the Father, in the name of Jesus, the Father will give to them. So, Father, I pray right now for a stirring of the hearts. Just as Paul spoke to Timothy and said, stir up the gift which is within you. Lord, I would ask your Holy Spirit to stir up the gift in everyone in this congregation today, Lord. And start to show them the spiritual realm, Lord. Start to enlarge their capacity, Lord, because within them, they have the same capacity as Jesus they have the same Holy Spirit as Jesus. Their bodies truly are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, I ask you now to start to just stir them up in their, in their, in their spirits now, Lord. Show them, give them dreams and visions, Lord. But anoint their eyes and anoint their ears to hear your voice very clearly and to see, just like Jesus said, I see. I only do what I see the Father do. Let them see what the Father is calling them to do. And Lord, as that word in, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 and 36, says that Jesus went about all the villages and towns preaching and teaching. And when he saw the needs of the people, they were like sheep scattered without a shepherd. He was moved with compassion. Lord, let us be moved. Let us be active in our compassion. Lord, let it not just be a good message, but let it be, Father, that you anoint us to be doers of the words and not just readers, speakers, listeners, Father. So, Father, I ask you now, let the anointing, let the anointing be released in this place for your glory in Yeshua's name. Amen. Okay, we're going to focus now on just two of the, uh, the main uh, 
well, there's so many of them there, but we're going to focus on the work in Kurdistan. That's why we have Jamal here with us, and he's going to, the one I nearly forgot. How can I forget Jamal? My goodness, impossible. But uh, he's going to talk about uh, Kurdistan, and then Dave Hellier is here because they've been part of a team that went out to Bosnia, a uh, team of the young, young people, again, just church members who were called and had a heart to go out, um, and, and the results of them going, how it's encouraged others, but how it encourages a group. I mean, I've spoken to all of them since they've been back, and they were more blessed, I think, than they, you know, to talk about being blessed to be a blessing. They truly are a blessing, but they were so blessed as they came back. So, Jamal, should we show the clips first, and then you come up and share? Right, let's show the clips, Beth. Okay. There's a lot of stories in these pictures. You know, if I spent two hours to tell you what all, all of these people, they're doing. This is the highest imams. This is the highest general in the army. And these guys, you know, they're all reading the Bible and the Christian books we have translated. And this is the head of all the minister who gave us permission to, to put Bibles and Christian books in all national libraries and it's amazing how the lord is opened the door well first of all i want to say good morning yeah. i thank you so much you know to have to allow us to come and to share with you our hearts i'm here listening you know everything what we heard this morning which is amazing you know the missionaries or the overseas workers they need your prayers because the devil he doesn't like what they are doing and he will try to attack us in different ways. So many ways. You know, he will try to attack us in, in our family, our marriage, our children. Even try to attack us, you know, with losing one of your friends in your mission trip. Attack, he attack us like Allah make the, the churches in our region, when they saw what we are doing, the traditional churches, they wrote to the government telling them, well, we need to stop these guys from what they are doing because they, they're preaching the gospel and they're bringing people to Christ. You know, because the devil saw what God is doing, and he wants to stop us from what we what we called to do. And as a missionary, one of them, I know when we are in the front line, we are under attack. And we are in a warfare. And he will try to stop us in different ways, in different things. And this is why it's very important for us to see and to know there's a family behind us who pray for us. And they are standing in the gap where we are in the front line. And I would like to thank you so much. For you praying for us. Well, the work in Kurdistan is amazing what the Lord is doing. One of these, these imams, I'll, I will start from the beginning. I met a minister in Kurdistan and I asked, he came here actually. And actually is, uh, he wants to meet with some politician in UK. And I arranged for him to meet with some politician in UK. And Elizabeth in our church, she helped me for him to meet with some people. And 
he met, after he came and he met with some politicians in, in this country, he told me, whatever you ask me, I will give you. I said, okay, 100,000 pounds, that's enough? <laughs> I said, sir, I will need to put Bibles in every national libraries and in every bookshop in the mosque, in mosque, mosque bookshops or bookshop in that mosques. And that's what I only need. He said, that's it, I will help you. He said, okay, I will help you to put Bibles in every national library. But mosques, I can't. This is not my, my place. I will, you know, I will arrange for you to speak with the imams. And if you persuade them, that is up to you. That, I mean, it's your, uh, your responsibilities. I said, okay. By the grace of God, we manage, we have, we have now 10,000 of books being translated for Colin Ercott last five months ago. And we have 10,000 copies at my office in Kurdistan. And now we have also other books for Joyce Meyer. And we have the Bibles. And the Lord opened the doors. All of these books being distributed to 92 national libraries in Kurdistan. And he arranged for me to meet with these imams. If you remember some people, they were in Kingdom Faith a few, few months ago when we have Marwan, Minister Marwan. He arranged, he came with me and we went to the mosque. We have 22 mosque leaders came and I was talking to them, you know, and I'm you know, explaining, explaining to them what the Bible is because the Bible is just being translated to Kurdish. And they never read it in their own language. They always read it in, you know, in Arabic. And most of them, they don't understand so much Arabic anyway. And I gave them the books. Some of the imams, literally, they start taking the book, the Bible, and kiss it and put it in their head. Kiss it, put it in their head. The other ones, they were angry. They said, no, the Bible is corrupt. We don't need to read it. Why we need to read it? It's been corrupted. And the highest imam, which is the top, the top, the leaders of all the imams, he's the one who was really is not happy by taking the Bible and reading the Bible. And I said, Lord, give me some wisdom here. I took the Bible. I said, there, sir, this is the Bible in Kurdish. And you, know, you never read it in Kurdish. He said, yes. I said, please read it and find where, where is the corruption? Where is the verse? Where is the chapter? It's being corrupt, and I will fix it for you. Is that a deal? Man, and he looked at me and said, Jamal, you are very clever. I said, yes, I know. <laughs> yes, I know. And I'm going to see them this week and next week. I'm arranging to go back to their mosque to see them. And just want you to pray. You know, they are looking for the corruption in the Bible, which is they will never find it because they don't know what has been corrupt, where it's been corrupt, who corrupted. It's all just fake idea comes to their mind. Somebody told them their Bible is being corrupt. But they have no proof. Nothing. They don't know what is it. When they're reading the Bible, God will open their hearts and they will find Jesus. Amen. That's, that's one of these just very simple stories. The army, you know, the Lord is open for us a huge door to work with the army. We have generals in the army being got baptized. Now we have a Christian fellowship inside of the army. And the generals and these guys who came to Christ, now they're leading people to Christ. My job just to go there, just to baptize people. 
and that's it. I don't do anything. And this is how the Lord really is opening these countries. It's amazing what God is leading us to see nation changing because we are missionaries there not just to change one person, not to work with one thing or plant a small church. We want to see nation being changed. This is what the Lord sent us to change nations. And I believe all of these missionaries and all of us here, we need to change nation. We don't have a small call. We have a huge call. When Jesus sent his disciples, he said, go and change nations. Yeah, we start here, but nation is waiting for us. And if we don't take that light to this nation, who will take it? Who will take it? We have the light of Jesus, and we need to take that light to everyone. And it's not us who can do the work. It's the Holy Spirit and him. Because we will never take the glory of Jesus. He will do it. He will use us who are empty vessels. He will use us. But we need to be ready to, to, to obey him. So listen. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. I hope that stirs you up a little bit. Um, and we'll be praying for Jamal and so on. Uh, I'm going to ask Dave to come and talk about the Bosnia trip now. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. Um, I'm aware that time is short. And um, there's loads to say. And so I won't manage to say it all. So it'd be really good if you come up and talk to any of us guys afterwards. Because we'd love to tell you the other 80% or 90% of the stories that we haven't managed to fit in. I'll do the video at the end. How about that? So just have some fun with the pictures. Uh, on the screens, there are some pictures, and Beth is playing Lucky Dip with them. Um, so just take a look. That's us lot that went to Bosnia at the, um, in September. Um, so it's me, you might know Toby and Fraser and Noah and Big Tim, who plays the drums. Um, everyone on the trip was musical, except me. Um, I just kind of went to carry the bags, really. And... <laughs> So we went out to visit um, Matt and Rowan Hellier, who, um, Matt's my brother, Rowan's my sister-in-law, and they've been out in Bosnia for 10 years. This September was the 10th anniversary of them having moved there. Um, they moved initially to a, a place called Mostar. Now they live um, in a place called Yaitsa. They've lived in Yaitsa for seven years. It's a bit of a shock, hence the name. Uh, no, maybe not. Uh, and uh, Yaitsa. Um, and... Uh, and what they're doing there is they're part of a very small church. In the whole country, there's only like um, a population of about 4 million people in Bosnia and Herzegovina. And of that 4 million, you're looking at about 500 being evangelical Christians. So it's not actually a big enough number to make it onto any national statistics. They're just in the other box. They don't, they don't get named, right? They're not officially recognized. In the town that they live, they have a population of 11,000, um, so that's roughly the size of Southwater, if you're into local towns, roughly Southwater-sized. Um, and in that town, you have one Orthodox church, which is still being rebuilt since the war, 25 years ago, uh, one Catholic church, which opened one year ago this like month since the war, so it's been being rebuilt for the last 20 years and just reopened last year. Um, one evangelical church, which is Matt and Rowan's church, which has the princely sort of number of 10, maybe 12 people on a Sunday morning, and five mosques. Um, so they're in quite a challenging area. They're in an area which is not particularly open to the gospel and is very um, uh, ethnically divided. In, 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 in Britain, we don't understand this very well unless we use our one rule of, our, our one reference point, which is Northern Ireland. If you imagine you're in Northern Ireland, you're either Catholic or Protestant. Unless, of course, you're an atheist, to which the question is, but are you a Catholic atheist or a Protestant atheist? Um, you, you get the idea that you're Catholic or Protestant. It's, it's not a thing about what you believe. It's about what your surname is or, or, or to which family you were born. 
so the so the part yeah that's our ukulele workshop that we got a bit carried away with in the town center um so the pastors of matt's church the pastor and the guy who works with buddha they're both muslims by birth right but they're christians they're born again christians but they're from muslim families so hence why they use sort of um non-muslim identifier names because it confuses everyone around them that He's called Sabahuddin. Like, well, that's a Muslim name. What are you talking about Jesus for? So he calls himself Budo. Um, uh, similarly for the, the church pastor, she's called Dina. Um, now, now, what's really fascinating is I want to get two points across to you. One is um, Matt and Rowan moved there, and they're doing, they were part of the, the United Youth team in, in, in Kingdom Faith Church before they left. They're doing almost exactly the same thing that they were doing here in the UK, in West Sussex, now in Bosnia. They're teaching young people how to play musical instruments. They're doing worship workshops with them. They're doing sports with them. Matt's actually started to learn snowboarding so they can do snowboarding instructors because they have a ski slope just outside their town. That's nice. That's a reason to sign up for missions, isn't it? Um, And um, all that sort of stuff. Um, They're part of a tiny church. So absolutely everything they do makes a huge difference. And we, we were really, really blessed. That's the castle in the town. Isn't that amazing? That's the top of the town. It's literally just beautiful. Um, on the Saturday night that we were there, we played an open-air gig in the town centre. They closed the main street in the town centre. We had um, street hockey. So the pastor, Dina, she runs a street hockey team. So we had street hockey playing in the, t- in, in the street and then a band playing up on the stage on the steps. And... Um, yeah, we'd gathered like two different PA systems to get together to put up there. That's Toby giving it some. Um, and, and we just went and just played um, either a bunch of covers and then a bunch of worship songs just in the middle of the town. And the locals really enjoyed it. But the thing is, there's this thing of like, we're doing the same thing there as they were doing here. And we as local youth workers were able to go and join in other local youth workers and just do our youth work thing. We taught them some games. They taught us some games. We had some fun. Uh, Matt's been sending me photos this weekend, actually, of them playing one of the games that we taught them when we were over there, which is cool. Um, But they're doing the same thing over there. What I love about this is, like, yes, they got trained. Yes, they learned about Bosnia before they went. But yes, they used the skills they already had when they were here. And actually, some of the stuff that you do here now, you don't realize what you have until you get put in a setting when you're somewhere else and you get to use it, and yet it's such a precious resource over there. So speaking of that, one of the things that Matt and Rowan are very involved in is music. Matt's built, as like a hobby, really, a home studio, but he feels like this is something that he should be doing. Like it's a God thing, not just a he loves, you know, twiddling knobs and pushing buttons thing. Um, how many Christian worship albums do you think have been released in the UK, let's say in the last year? I don't know the answer to this question. I'm just curious, but it's going to be more than five, isn't it? Like, it's going to be a lot. And how many do you think have been released in English in the last year? Oh, Dave, now you're being silly. Yeah, I am. It's going to be a lot, isn't it? How many do you think have been released in Bosnian in the last year? One. Count them. One. How many do you think have been released in the last 10 years? One. Count them. One. But think about this. One. 10 years. One of songs written in that language. Not just Matt Redman and Hillsong, whatever translated. That's great and it has a place. But it's not the local church expressing its love for Jesus. One album in 10 years. 
actually by moving there and by providing an opportunity for the local people to write their own songs and release the love that they have for Jesus has impacted not just their little town of 11,000 and the little church of 12 people, but has released something of worship into the nation. So they've done a youth album, they've done an adult album version of it. And the exciting thing about this is now neighbouring countries have been calling them and saying, like, can you come to Serbia? We hear you guys are doing stuff with worship. Can you come to somewhere else? We hear you guys are doing stuff with worship. So again, it's using the little thing that you have that over here doesn't really seem to count for much. So you make an album. So does everyone else. Nobody cares. You know, you make an album over here and people go, that's nice. That must have been a fun thing to do. But over there, it's a massive game-changing thing to do. And it's putting or it's releasing something in those people that they did not know that they necessarily had. Last thing would be this. Um, So you've come out of a, a situation of of war, where, where rather than being like Protestants and Catholic in Northern Ireland, you've got three main uh, ethnic groups warring in their area. Um, you've got your Orthodox um, Serbs, you've got your, your Catholic Croats, and then you've got your Bosniak Muslims, uh, all, all in one area. Um, the main two that are in their town is the Bosniaks and, and the Croats. And so you have people speaking the same language to your ear, the only difference would be like the, they, they use the example of English and American English, you know, two nations divided by one language. Um, uh, and so, so we, we know what Americans are saying. We don't necessarily like it, but we know what they're saying, right? Um, well, they have that, but they use two different alphabets. So the Croatians will use one alphabet, and, and the, the Muslims, the Bosniaks, will use another alphabet. And that perpetuates a division from childhood all the way through to adulthood. Matt Rowan had a kid come to their youth group who was 14 years old, who lived on the same road as one of the other kids that come to their youth group. Because they're like evangelicals, right? Everyone in their town just thinks they're mad. Nobody knows who they are. So they don't worry about them going, like if you're Muslim or if you're Catholic, you can go to the youth group there, because who knows what they are? They're just weird people. Um, it's not like, you know, like in England where you go, oh, don't go to there, it's a church youth club. Like well, there, it's like, this is evangelicals. They're weird. Um, <laughs> you can go there. Um, this, this boy met someone else who lived on his road. He's 14 years old. He lives in a town of 11,000 people. It's not a big town. They had never spoken because he's Catholic, he's Muslim. They speak a different language, but they don't speak a different language. They write a different language. They speak the same language. And so part of what they're doing is not just releasing stuff in the church, but it's actually reconciliation in the town. And that's hugely, hugely uh, important. We're here on Remembrance Day. If you walk down the main street in Yaitza, on the right-hand side of the road, you have the Muslim War Memorial. On the left-hand side of the road, you have the Catholic War Memorial. They're both huge because they both lost lots of people. The division is still very raw. It's still within living memory. Like It only finished like 20 years ago. The kids are still living with the effects of this because of the divided school system. Um, why do I say all this? The whole Acts 1-8, you will see the power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is in Jerusalem, Judea, all Samaria. Where did Jesus say that? Well, top of the Mount of Olives. So looking at Jerusalem. He said it where he was. He said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Here. Here. So does this start in Bosnia? No. This starts in Worthing. This starts with you doing something where you are. And then Judea. 
West Sussex, do something somewhere else. Go and join in with Burgess Hill or something. <laughs> Samaria. Well, that's just some area, isn't it? You know, you choose. Um, somewhere else. And then the ends of the earth. Then go to somewhere with a funny name. All right? Don't think this morning, Dave, I ain't going to Bosnia. Don't worry. I don't go there very often either. That's not the point. The point is do something in your Jerusalem. Do something in Worthing. When you know you have a skill, you've got something that you can take with you when you can go somewhere else. So there was loads there, but there was nearly not enough time. So talk to us afterwards. Praise the Lord. That's amazing stuff to watch. And you could see they're having fun. Now, we haven't got much more time, and I'm going to hand over to Jonathan in a minute. But please come and talk to us at the stand over there. Uh, if you want to be involved, if you, want to, if you feel God's saying, I, I want to go there, well, come and talk to us because we can prepare the way for you to go there. First thing to do is pray. We, we are already having, as we said earlier, Linda and, and Mark run a prayer group in their own home, but we're increasing the prayer times. We're going to have prayer evenings. We're going to have prayer afternoons, usually using Rafi. But when we went down to Crawley, the, the prayer leader in Crawley said, I'd like to start a group in Crawley praying for the missions, the overseas workers. So maybe somebody stirred up in their hearts about that. Here, come and talk to us about that. If you want to give regularly to the work, we have a pot, and we, you can give it to the Kingdom Faith, and then it's used to increase the work, that, the support that's going out to those who are there and to those who are being stirred up now for other countries because we believe there are many more nations that Kingdom Faith are going to reach out to. Uh, if you want to be part of the prayer group, come and talk to us about that. Um, and, and definitely, if you, if you feel the nations are beckoning you, come and talk to us. We'd love to spend some time training you, pointing you in a direction, but also taking you as part of a group that goes out, give you that opportunity to go in a team already before you think, I'm going to go out as a missionary somewhere else. So I'm going to hand over to your wonderful Pastor Jonathan and leave it to him. That was brilliant, wasn't it? Let's all stand up, shall we? Has everybody stood up? Yep. That's our first response. You don't change nothing sitting on the chair. I caught you out there. I'm sneaky. I'm apologising. It may be that there's some people here, you're just sitting on a longing. It's like, I would love to go and do that. But you might think you have to change to do it. No, you, you change when you go. Because what really inspired me was that everybody that we've seen, and I know a lot of these guys whose pictures are up there, they literally are just serving God there in the same way they were here. The only thing that's changed is the climate. It's true. So, and the food. Well, your house, the food's like that. So let's just close our eyes. Father, I want to thank you that you are speaking to us about how, like you were in the world, we are in the world. And your world is different than ours. Father, help us in our hearts to make the next step towards what you're saying to us. Whether it's to begin to pray whether it's begin to give financially, whether it's about opening our, our home to host some of these wonderful guys, whether it's to just go and have a conversation about, actually, I think I need to go and spend some time here or here or here. Father, everyone in this room, you have a next step for us because you have given us your power, not so that we walk around like light bulbs, but so that we become the light of the world. So I thank you right now in every heart, in every mind right now. You just speak really clearly. Follow me. Whether it's to go and have a chat with the guys or whether it's just to go and pray or, or speak to me or one of the other guys here. 
Every single person here can do more than just stand up and say, I'm ready. We can all say, I'm ready. What do you want me to do? So I thank you for the grace to do that. I thank you for a spirit of obedience to do that. And I thank you that the world is ready to hear what we have to say. We thank you for that and we give you the praise. I thank you for these great people and all the people that are just part of our wonderful family across this nation and these other nations. Continue to use them. Continue to pour out your spirit upon them, O oh God. Continue to bring them into people's lives who then make a decision themselves to follow you for the rest of their lives. We know that your kingdom is advancing and we know that you are moving. So we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Everybody said... Amen. Let's just give appreciation for these guys. They are amazing. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.